everyone. This is The Changelog, and I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. We're a member-supported blog, podcast, and weekly email covering what's fresh and what's new in open source. Check out the blog at thechangelog.com, our past shows at 5x5.tv slash changelog, and subscribe to The Changelog Weekly. It's our weekly email covering everything that hits our open source radar. You don't want to miss it. We ship it on Saturdays, and you can subscribe at thechangelog.com slash weekly. This show is hosted by myself, Adam Stukoviak, as well as our awesome, awesome host, Andrew Thorpe. And uh, this is episode 115, and today's show is sponsored by our good friends at DigitalOcean and our good friends at TopTal. And we'll tell you a bit more about TopTal here in just a bit, but uh, we're huge fans of TopTal. They connect startups, businesses, and organizations, and people like you to a growing network of elite engineers all around the world. So if you've been wanting to freelance, call up TopTal. Tell them we sent you. They're going to love who you are. But uh, huge fans of DigitalOcean. Uh, we want you to get hosted on DigitalOcean today. We're, we're on DigitalOcean. We absolutely love it. Uh, blazing fast SSD cloud servers. You can easily spin up a new droplet with root access within 55 seconds with your choice of size, RAM, uh, region, OS. It's really, really easy. They got a simple and easy to use dashboard. And for our fans across the pond, they recently announced their brand new data center in Amsterdam, super awesome stuff going on there. And they're going to continue to invest heavily into their infrastructure worldwide as more and more data centers are added throughout their, throughout the world. But uh, we want you to try DigitalOcean today for free using our promo code CHANGELOGSENTME. That is CHANGELOGSENTME, uh, which will get you a $10 hosting credit or basically two months free if you're, uh, if you're on their base plan. But head to DigitalOcean.com to get started. And now, on to the show. We're joined today by Jonathan Rudenberg and Jeff Lindsay to talk about the Flynn Project. Welcome to the show, guys. It's great to be here. Yeah. So we had you guys on the show uh, previously, but things have changed quite a bit at Flynn. So for the listeners that um, maybe either haven't heard the show, shame on them, or are catching up, why don't you guys give us an introduction of who you are and, and what you guys are doing? Uh, well, I'm mostly a freelance engineer, but I've been working on this project um, with Jonathan uh, to basically build this sort of ideal platform or uh, th- basically the system that I've I've always wanted to work with at every company I've worked at. Um, and so that's sort of me and my involvement. Yeah, Um I'm uh, mainly working on Flynn right now. I also uh, work on the Tent Protocol and a few other open source projects. I Basically, all of my work is open source at this point. Uh, and so Flynn tries to be uh, essentially a platform for uh, developers to deploy their work on. And that can be anything from a web application to like stuff that anything runs on Linux, essentially. It runs in containers. Um, so... The idea is that it's the product that an operations team can provide to an engineering team. And, I mean, that could be someone as, you know, just a single developer who maybe does a little bit of ops on the side, runs out of VPS, all the way up to, like, a startup that... Um, has a it, full, like, service-oriented architecture with lots of different components. Exactly. Just speaking purely about, like, the, the growth of the project, so... We had you guys on the show. It was about three or four months ago now. Where, do you guys remember like where you were at then and kind of what's changed since August? Yeah, so uh, at that point, we were basically at the end of our fundraising period, and we um, 
we hadn't really written much code yet. We'd done a lot of the architecture work, mm -hmm. uh, but there was very little code available, uh, and we were still doing in the planning stages, essentially. Um, so we're much farther along now. Um, we have uh, prototype components of just about everything that we plan to build, uh, and we have some releases coming up this month and next month, uh, essentially like completing the work that uh, was funded in August. Right. So the, so the Layer 0 release is set to – is that coming out this month or is the Layer 1 going to come out? Yeah. So uh, Flint has two layers. Uh, layer 0 will be released uh, probably around the end of December, and then Layer 1 is scheduled for the end of January. Gotcha. So what, what would you say in the last couple months has been like the – I don't know, not the biggest change, but just in, you know, you, you guys kind of went out there and you had a pretty successful fundraising experience. And so since then, now you guys obviously have a lot more, um, you know, news behind you. People are, know about Flynn and you guys are actually starting to put some some code out there for people to kind of start to consume. So since that, in that time, like what would you say has been the, the biggest struggle with maintaining this open source project, but also now you have demands and expectations because people have funded this thing? Well, uh, I mean, putting code out there, um, I, I'm actually more, personally, I, I uh, am not so uh, afraid of putting code out. I, I, I uh, <laughs> do a lot of open source projects, although the, the attention that this one has gotten is kind of interesting because I'll build a component that's sort of like, it's a placeholder component. Uh, I'm talking about Shelf, yeah. um, which is when it's just like a little HTTP um, you know, file service. It's like the simplest thing. And we put it up as a placeholder uh, um, because it kind of serves the job that we need right now. And all of a sudden, people are submitting patches to it, and there isn't even a, really a README. Um, and so I, just the number of eyeballs um, has made the experience a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, um, yeah um, I also publish a lot of open source code um, so I'm used to people looking at stuff and I'm not really afraid to push things, but, uh, just the amount of attention is really interesting. There's a, it's, uh, it's really nice to push something and then see that people are already using it the next day, just kind of experimenting, figuring out what's going on. And unfortunately our, our docs are rather lacking in the readme department right now, but <laughs> people are struggle to get things set up. Um, so the one thing that I do want to point out, uh, before I get too far is that we actually have a demo of Flynn, uh, available that, uh, you can essentially boot up, uh, all of the prototypes components in Vagrant and just test out. You can do like a sample, get push, deploy, scale up, scale down, look mm -hmm. at the logs, etc. Very much like Heroku. Uh, and so uh, we plan to obviously develop all these components further and we are doing that currently. But uh, if you're interested in just like experimenting with like the very alpha Flynn, uh, it's available right now. We released that uh, last month. So in like a kind of just layman speak, what would you guys say is like the, the roadmap for like a, a production ready version of Flynn that people can actually start to use? Like, yeah, you know. So uh, at the end of this month, we're releasing uh, Layer 0 of Flynn. Layer 0 is essentially everything you need to schedule and run containers on a cluster of nodes. Um, so this is much closer to something like Mesos than it is to Heroku. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very low level. And then next month, uh, we are going to release uh, Layer 1 uh, in a working configuration that is close to Heroku. It'll probably be very bare bones compared to Heroku. But this, is, this will be suitable for deploying like probably just like internal apps that you have at your company or if you're just like a hobbyist, experimentation, mm -hmm. etc. 
Uh, and then over the coming months, we will be working on uh, improving the stability and fixing bugs and uh, adding features, etc., um, to bring it to something hopefully that in mid-2014 will be usable to serve production traffic. Yeah, that's crazy. So you guys are, I mean, it's so young. And when I remember when, I, when we brought you on the show last time, I believe the only actual uh, repository on GitHub you had was Flynn Spec. Is that right? I, that's like, absolutely true. There, was, there wasn't a single line of code written. Yeah, and now I just look at the, the, you know, the, uh, the repositories you guys have, and it's crazy. Like, the amount of growth is, has been shocking, and it's only been a few months. So, I mean, how has the other work that you guys have been doing with Tent and with other things struggled, or, or has it at all? Um, so I still do work on Tent. Um, I've been focusing on Flynn, um, because I really, really needed to get, uh, Tent to the next level, because we're actually going to be deploying our, uh, Tent server on Flynn and releasing that, uh, in a nice packaged version. I don't know whether you've ever tried to deploy, like, an open source Rails app or anything like that. Deploying complex services currently, even open source ones, tends to be very complicated. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for what Flynn can do for deploying open source stuff as well. Um, so that you could, for instance, run a very robust tent server on uh, your own server uh, using Flint, and the management and operations of it would be very simple compared to what you'd be used to deploying just about any other open source application. Uh, so that's why I've been focusing on Flint lately. And um, But uh, tent is definitely bouncing around in the back of my mind. To be honest, it's been great to have a break from like thinking about tent full-time and just kind of switching to something else, because you... you, you you just think of different things when you uh, when you have something bouncing around in the back of your mind instead of thinking about it full time. Right. What have you guys thought about doing this in Go? I mean, Go is still pretty young, and and you know it's a, I don't know, it's 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 definitely a powerful language and it's got a lot of acceptance. But have you guys kind of ran into any gotchas that have hit you at this point? Um, the only thing is dependency management. That's the mm -hmm. only thing I'm aware of that uh, is a problem at all. And there's there's some solutions in the works. Uh, GoDep looks like the best option right now, um, but that's basically the only thing that's bitten us, I think. Gotcha. Jeff, yeah, no, I've I've really loved it. I feel like I've also become a, a better programmer <laughs> using it. It's awesome. Yeah, you have to learn a little bit more about like you know, lower level stuff and, and stuff that you might have taken for granted if you work more in you know higher level stacks. So it's cool. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit. I mean, the last time we had you on the show, it was it was Flynn Spec. That's all there was. You guys now have a a working demo, and and you're close to your layer zero release. Let's talk a little bit about um, now that we have the ability, what Flynn is, and and kind of take a deep dive into Flynn and who it who it might work for, and um, you know what what it would look like for a production application. So what what's what would you say is the the elevator pitch for Flynn? Okay, so and I said this before. Flynn is the product that operations provides to engineering. So what that means is that instead of um, doing like one-off deployments of applications where you have to write Chef or Puppet scripts just to deploy a single application, you, uh, as an operations team, you are managing this platform that engineering can then use to deploy and manage the applications themselves. It's very self-serve. And you also get the, uh, the consistency of configuration. So if you have a bunch of applications that all use MySQL, they're all using MySQL in the exact same way. Um, we have these things called service appliances, uh, which Jeff can explain, that make this very simple. Yeah, so, well, service appliances are, are kind of neat. Um, they're sort of, uh, each, every component of Flynn is, is basically a, a 
almost a standalone appliance. Um, and we think of these as basically uh, so, uh, software as a service in a box. Um, so each of the components has its own uh, API and is actually made to be to to work in a cluster. Um, so, for example, when we talk about things like a, a MySQL uh, appliance um, or any other kind of database appliance that has kind of a master-slave uh, clustering setup. Um, the ideal is to basically spin up a couple of these appliances and they would, um, via our service discovery infrastructure, be able to self-organize into a master-slave um, and provide a lot of the uh, administrative functions that you would normally do by logging into the machine via an API so that you could then write um, your own uh, code or systems to then to manage them in a in a consistent way as opposed to um, using tools that assume that you SSH into hosts because yeah. very very much Flynn is about abstracting away the host. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of pushes um, you to think more about services and service-oriented architecture. And for the most part, hosts are pretty um, kind of homogenous. I mean, you still – the operators still have to know, you know, which hosts um, – they still actually can manage the hosts. But in terms of um, what goes where, that's mostly taken care of by uh, the systems that you would be building with Flynn. Yeah. The only decision you're going to really make is just like you're going to pick a few classes of nodes that you have uh, deployed. So maybe have like high memory nodes for doing caching mm -hmm. and uh, high disk nodes for doing uh, like databases, that kind of stuff. But other than that, um, you're going to be just managing everything through Flynn. And you don't think about the host. You just think about what you're running uh, on your cluster. So you say, you know, I need a highly available MySQL deployment. I need a highly available Postgres deployment. And then this application uh, needs to connect to that. And it's just going to keep on working. Even if one of those nodes goes down, you can scale up, scale down without really thinking about where things are running unless you really need to. And you, yeah. No, keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. You always have the um, the ability to to kind of drop to a lower level and say, hey, I actually know exactly where this job should be running. For instance, for like data locality, if you're doing lots of like MapReduce jobs, you'd want the jobs to run uh, near the data on the same nodes possibly. Right. You talked a little bit about how like deploying open source applications is a pain. How does Flynn, you know... I don't know when you're when you're talking about deploying. Let's say you're talking about deploying a Rails application, and, and you have all the you know the kind of the de facto standards for deployment. You have whether it's Heroku or you're do, you're rolling your own thing with Capistrano or you know those things. How does Flynn help to alleviate the deployment issue that you you kind of talked about? Um, so in the case of a Rails app, uh, most Rails app these days are going to work on Heroku, so it's going to be very similar. Sounds like we had a uh Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Completely forgot to silence my phone, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. We'll edit this out. Probably not, but it'll be funny in the show. <laughs> okay. Uh silenced. So um So the question was, uh, you know, how does how does Flynn help to uh, alleviate like the deployment issue that you mentioned before? Yes. So Rails applications, uh, typically on Heroku, you're just going to get pushed them. You're going to say, I need a Postgres add-on, I need memcache, whatever. 
Um, that's great, except when you don't want to run your application on Heroku, when you want to run it on your own infrastructure. Perhaps you have a VPN that you need to have this service behind, or you have your own hardware, or you know, there's a variety of situations where you'd have this. You could deploy those applications in exactly the same way, because Flynn is compatible with Heroku applications. But you perhaps you have an application that consists of multiple services um, that are more complex to orchestrate. Uh, Flynn gives us all the hooks we need to deploy that. And the exact way we're going to do that has not been completely sorted out yet. But the idea is that you have a manifest that describes you know, exactly what services are required. And you can um, run those uh, on Flynn very mm-hmm. easily and deploy those. And running, running and deploying those backing services uh, is pretty much the exact same uh, as you would deploy the application. So it actually... You know the difference. I think when you when you're working with a Rails application, uh, at first you're worried about deploying the Rails application, but you also have to worry about deploying the database server, and then later you have to worry about deploying a caching server, and then later you have to worry about deploying, um, you know, some sort of uh, background worker type system. Uh, and very often, a couple people um, talk about this quite a bit. Most a lot of web application development. Start simple, but eventually turns into this very service-oriented type of architecture where you have a number of – it's more complex than just this sort of three-tier mm-hmm. um, architecture. And so and especially larger organizations, either as you get bigger, existing large organizations have a fairly service-oriented architecture – and they get to a certain size where even their application is broken down into smaller pieces or services. And so that's the sort of thing that Flynn really helps um, uh, support because you, you, you can manage and deploy all these things pretty much the same way you would a Heroku application. Yeah. So it's interesting because when you talk about like service-oriented architectures, it, it sounds to me like Flynn is a great solution for just the, the more complex – I mean, Heroku is great, right? Heroku has enabled a lot of things that are, you know, it makes a a pretty, uh, what could potentially be a difficult task as long as you're running a relatively generic setup, pretty simple. And it sounds like Flynn kind of is going to take that to the next level, which is going to make the the more complicated tasks relatively simple. I mean, would that be accurate to say? That's absolutely accurate. Um, And I should point out that we wouldn't have Flynn without Heroku because Heroku kind of... Uh, demonstrated a lot of the concepts that were just kind of taking a bit further in Flynn. Um, so Flynn absolutely, used, it starts with like something like a Heroku app, and the, probably a lot of people will just use that functionality of just like Git pushing your applications. It's very natural right now uh, to do that because we're familiar with Roku, etc. Mm-hmm. But then you can kind of dive in and say, I actually have a more complicated application. For instance, I could build a tool that uh, does uh, continuous integration and then continuous deployment. So I run my tests using Flynn, and then uh, the output of those tests is a, a build artifact that literally is a container image. And then I am going to perhaps manually or automatically deploy that image, the exact same image that came out of the tests, and deploy that to production on Flynn. Yeah. So I mean, it, so just to just to be clear, like this is built on top of Docker, right? And and Docker is one of the things that has kind of helped to enable some of these, like, what's the best way to put it? These like box development or you're deploying the. I, I, I think Do- Docker's really. Um pioneered this model of like a high-level container that's what container i was couldn't think of the word yeah, yeah. thank you <laughs> um 
because containers have been around for a long time, or right. things like containers, but Docker really tr- introduced sort of this, um, you know, slightly more VM-like model for containers um, that I think uh, is actually a bunch of people are kind of pushing that to be an open standard. So there will be Docker competitors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, right now it's all based on a lot of the amazing work that um, the the Docker guys have done. So one of the questions yes. I kind of have for you is like Docker in the last couple of months has changed a bunch too. I mean, and it's continued to evolve and grow and get and become a, a full time project and essentially like take over the company. And so, have you guys had any issues with that, or is it has it pretty much been in lockstep with what you guys are doing? Um, they're taking Docker in various directions, adding features, mostly focusing on like single host use cases, whereas we're very much focused on the the multi host use cases of containers. Um, so a lot of their uh, their features are not currently being used by Flynn. Yeah, but I I, I think um, I mean they've gotten a lot of attention, and so they've also gotten a lot of contributors and a lot of people pulling it in a lot of different directions, um, which is great to kind of get all those ideas out. Um, and, and, but uh, I think you know at the core there's a really simple idea in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, the other thing is a lot of people are still trying to catch up to thinking in terms of containers. Um, and so that's, um, you know, kind of, uh, it's, it's great for us because we're based on this concept of, of containers. Um, and, uh, but it's sort of like, it, it, we're still... Docker's doing an amazing job. It's basically prepping everybody for Flint. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's great to see people thinking about the different ways that you can deploy applications because for a long time it was, it was you know, standardized on things like Capistrano and uh, Fabric, which um, are great and they've, they've gotten us a really long way, but there's, there's lots of new and exciting ideas that we can have about how to do this. Yeah. How much of your, like, day is spent, not, not day, but how much of your, you know, time is spent, like, defending hey how does this compare to heroku what is this as, as compared to heroku or docker or, you know how do, how does this relate like how much do y'all have to clarify that when you're explaining flynn to somebody um not much i mean to be honest it's uh mostly comparing to perhaps other open source passes um cloud foundry yeah and... cloud foundry um mostly uh most people get it like it's uh at, at a very simple level it's heroku that you can run on your own hardware we don't compete with Heroku, really. The The people that want to use Heroku aren't people that want to use Flynn because you need to have some operations support in order to run Flynn. You don't need that with Heroku. That's the feature that Heroku provides is operations. Yeah. So and, uh, and it's kind of nice um, when you're, we were talking about earlier, if you when you start with a simple application, you can run it on Heroku. Um, you get to a certain point where uh, people kind of need to need slightly more than Heroku, and really their only choice after that is to redo everything. Or mm-hmm. sometimes they'll be afraid to use Heroku um, because they know that at some point they'll outgrow it and have to go basically back to um, you know host oriented architecture, cloud you know like EC2 or something, and all that infrastructure that Heroku provided is gone. Hmm. Um, And so hopefully Flynn will kind of fill in the gap between EC2 um, and Heroku. But kind of in a way, it's sort of like... um, in terms of uh, in terms of operations, but in in a way, Flynn is more than Heroku. I almost think of it like Heroku plus yeah. plus in terms of the software, because it gives you so much more 
power um, because it's basically Heroku given to you inside out. You have control over, you know, how it works. You know, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because I wonder if like the the future for Flynn, and maybe you can kind of speak to this, is somebody, you, you want to encourage people, hey, start out with Heroku. It's it's painless. It doesn't take much configuration. You don't have to know much about operations at all. And then as you start to grow and, and the, your, your demands grow, Flynn kind of steps in as the next evolution for the apps that are on Heroku. How, how would you feel about that kind of like a flow for people? I mean, that's great. You can also start out with well, Flynn. Yeah. Um, but because a lot of people, I think, um, are a little hesitant. Like if it's something really, a really simple application, um, you know, pretty standard, uh, Heroku, a lot of the time just, um, you know, does the trick. Um, but there's so many times when people don't think that Heroku will do the trick. And I think in those cases, people might want to start with Flynn. Um, and, and it, you know, it, even if your app is really simple, um, hopefully Flynn is, um, so extremely simple to set up that the, uh, you know, kind of overall, you know, it is a kind of a complex system, um, but overall it should be easy to set up and that it's worth it because you're going to grow with it, uh, as opposed to trying to, and, and it'll, it sort of has a path for you, right. As Mm -hmm. you, uh, as your system gets larger, as opposed to you kind of doing your own thing and having to relearn everything and try out a lot of different um, approaches um, to to scaling your application in terms of both complexity as well as handling load and stuff. Um, so I think with Flynn, we're kind of baking in all these kinds of um, best practices right. um, and ideas from you know Google and Twitter and basically every every everything we've learned from from all that stuff and, and putting it into a package for you. Right. So you talk about getting started with Lynn. So, and, and one of the things you mentioned was you're, you're behind on like the docs, um, thing. So how will somebody get started with Lynn? I mean, just plain and simple. Um, I mean, if you're using Amazon, uh, web services, you're probably just going to boot an AMI, uh, that contains Flynn in the case of, um, running it on your own hardware, you're going to start with a base OS and currently, you would just install Docker and then probably run one or more Docker containers, which would then uh, talk to Docker and get everything else set up. Uh, it'll be very simple. But as far as like education on Flynn, and, and so obviously, like getting up and running with Flynn is going to be pretty painless. But as far as like how to take Flynn to the next level and configuration and all that stuff, where will that exist for you guys? I think so that that spec that we had last time we talked is actually kind of want to turn that into like a guide. Um, that's sort of, you know, we would have our normal sort of getting started and here's the basic usage stuff, but, um, I kind of envision a guide that is sort of, um, a, a, a really great sort of user's manual, both for operators as well as engineers, um, to sort of understand how the system works and how they can make it work for them. Um, and so that's, you know, I guess mm-hmm. kind of kind of the vision. Yeah. Um, obviously we'll have uh, documentation on the website, um, at varying levels of detail, um, depending on what you're interested in. Right. So you guys were hosted a meetup, uh, I guess last month. Is that right? Yes. What was, uh, yeah, we had a meetup in San Francisco. So um, what was that experience like for you guys? It was really interesting. Um, there, I really wasn't expecting so many people to show up. We had like, I think 40 or 50 people show up and, um, and then to have most of them, pretty much all of them get it. Too. Yeah. A lot of people got it. It was good. You guys were in the Twilio offices. 
Yeah, Twilio. Um, I, I'd have I'd been there a couple of times since they moved, but yeah, they're pretty nice setup. Awesome. Yeah, really nice space for meetups. It's really cool to see. I mean, you know, I'm just kind of trying to not harp on it, but I just it's cool to me that that we had you guys on the show at such a young you know, a young part in Flynn's future. And, and obviously we were talking about fundraising at that point and, and trying to help you guys get off the ground. And it's, it's really cool to me to see a project like this just take off. And, you know, from the ground floor, it's two guys sitting, you know, working on this thing and, and well, two guys in the open source community working on this thing. And, you know, just to see it like t- take off, like you guys have been able to, to do this. So, you know, I just want to get into that. What has the experience given, you know, in terms of Flynn and, and the future of Flynn and, and what has the experience been like for other people who, you know, potentially could get into something that would take off like this? What, what, what should they expect? What should be something to, to look out for? And, you know, the, the thing that I hear a lot of is demands from the community. And you, you start off with just this idea. It's just you and your friend. And, you know, you start off and it becomes a bigger deal because people have invested money. And, I, and I'm, I'm curious to know, and, and I want to kind of tie this into the, the fundraising goals you, you have for the project in, in the coming year, but I'm curious to know, was there any added pressure once that happened? Maybe the approach of our fundraising kind of helped. Uh, you know, we, we talked about how we focus more on, on companies um, that were willing to, to work with us and understood um, how it worked. I think if we took a more traditional, uh, you know, Kickstarter-esque, anybody can can put in mm-hmm. a little bit of money, we would get a lot more people kind of feeling uh, more entitled, you know, that we have to listen to their opinion. I mean, we listen to everything and just, you know, go into the IRC channel. But most of I think it, I, I haven't felt a whole lot of pressure. Um, it's mostly been personal pressure of like, because there is this very clear vision for what it is and it seems like everybody understands it so it's more about kind of meeting um for me my own uh my own expectations um yeah it's a it's a very positive thing to have a bunch of people that that get it um contribute uh money and so far there has been very little if any uh pressure from sponsors about specific features um or demands mm-hmm. uh, it's been really great we've been we've been very uh upfront about what we're building and people seem to get that and are mm-hmm. on board with it um and now it's just a matter of delivering that which we're we're rapidly working towards i think we're a little lucky just in the the, the choice of the project because it's very much a, a problem that you know it's infrastructure right and everybody has to deal with these problems mm-hmm. and we are you know, using a lot of existing landmarks, things like um, Heroku and existing systems like um, Mesos or just schedulers in general, and a lot of these kinds of best practices. So I think ha- building a system that's based on those means a lot of people already understand. We're not really introducing completely new crazy stuff. We're really just aggregating a lot of um, existing best ideas into a single system, and that makes it easier for people to to understand um, as well as and and um, and get behind. Mm-hmm. What's the team look like now? Is it is it still just the two of you, or or would you? Zach, there's actually like three of us. Yeah, um, we also have Daniel, who also works on the tent protocol, and he's doing kind of community management type stuff, but um, he doesn't work full time on it. Gotcha. So you have a, a fundraising goal for 2014. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, so our goal for uh, 2014 is $350,000, um, and that is uh, entirely going towards development. That will pay for myself and Jeff, and we're also looking to bring on uh, at least one more person to work on the project full-time. And we're uh, looking for uh, monthly contributions from companies that are interested in working with us to deploy Flynn into production, essentially. Um, and so we've just kind of started uh, on this goal, and we expect to uh, to hear more uh, about it in January. So you have your Layer Zero release coming up pretty soon. Layer One release is coming a few months after that, and then the fundraising goal will go towards what Layer Two, or you know, what would be the uh, next step? Well, I, uh, we've taken a really kind of broad strokes um, approach to this. So you know, just because we have the, the, these releases out doesn't mean that they're you know, really ready for, for production use. Um, and so it's really about filling in uh, a, a lot of the gaps and building out some of the extra stuff because it, there's, there's, uh, there's just tons of nice-to-haves. Um, and the system is so open-ended that it's sort of like at some point you can't really tell the difference between this system and your system, right? Um, because in a way you start building your system in this. Uh, and so there's a lot of things that we can get into, um, uh, that are kind of designed for, you know, the architecture of Flynn, things like, uh, I mean, log aggregation is coming up pretty soon, but things like metrics and stuff like that. Um, auto scaling. Some, a lot of people, um, are interested in like scaling up down on mm -hmm. various public and private clouds. Um, and so, yeah, we the funding we raised initially covered uh, six months of development, which will uh, end at the end of January and culminate in our uh, kind of initial, like, I guess, beta release. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, what we're raising money for is to cover development in 2014 because we want to fix bugs and make new features and make cool new stuff that runs on Flynn that just makes everyone's lives easier. So after that... What are you guys thinking about for as far as, you know, uh, I don't know if sustainability is the right word, but after the, you know, 2014, I guess my question is, would it, would you guys consider just continuing fundraising efforts or is there some plan to monetize Flynn in the future? Currently no plans to monetize, um, things change rapidly. Uh, I expect that late in 2014 Flynn will be quite stable and, um, that there'll be a strong community around it, developing add-ons, et cetera, mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't foresee needing to to fundraise past 2014, but who knows? It's interesting. I mean, it's a different, definitely a different take on uh, how, to, how to do open source. Well, I mean, sort of a different, right? It's fundraising and, and developing open source, but it's a really neat way to, you know, how to how to do that. So you've had, you, you have some competitors that, um, you know, you mentioned Cloud Foundry and, and things. How many of these kind of got this started around the same time as you? And, and how would you, you know, talk about the experience of kind of entering a new space? You know, I, I say new in quotes because this isn't new, but it's a potentially new solution that's different way of thinking about it. So what has it been like with your competitors or is there any, any relationship there to, to kind of speak of? Um, so Cloud Foundry's been around for a while. A few of the others have been around for a while. Uh, there's at least uh, one other one that kind of is started around the time that we did uh, as far as publicly goes, but they've been working on it for a while, named Deus. And they actually share some components that Jeff built for Flynn. Um, so it's everyone is kind of working towards what they their model of uh, what they think you know life should be like, deploying applications, et cetera. And so it's it's very healthy, I think. 
Gotcha. Yeah. We're going to pause the show for just a minute and give a shout out to our awesome sponsor, Top Towel. They've been sponsoring the show for a little bit, and we've had a chance to tell you about some really awesome stuff they're doing. I've been working with Brendan, their co-founder and CTO, and I mentioned that you know I wasn't quite sure what to expect from them, and uh, I was, but I was excited about what they're doing. They're helping developers who want to freelance with some really awesome companies find ways to do that. Uh, and it's their mission. These guys are the real deal. They're engineers themselves from top to bottom. They're not technical re- recruiters trying to pimp developers. So if that's what you think, then you've got you've got them completely pegged wrong. They're a network of elite engineers all around the world who work with some really awesome clients. And for those of you out there who are freelancing or or would like to freelance, you've got to check out TopTile. You can work on special projects with companies like Airbnb, Artsy, IDEO, and many others. You can work remotely. You can go to Andrew's favorite place, which is on a beach, or anywhere in the world. It's there. There, no office is required. And to get started, head to toptile.com/developer. Click join the best. And because they want to work with only the best senior engineers out there, they've got a well thought out four stage screening process that begins with a personal phone call via Skype to kind of get to know who you are and introduce you to who they are and what their mission is and see if you're a fit. And from end to end, the screening process includes an English speaking test, a timed algorithm test, technical interviews with core top tile engineers, as well as a test project. And once you've made it past the screening process, the sky is the limit. And if you think you have what it takes, head to toptile.com slash developer right now to get started. Tell them the change log sent you and enjoy. Now back to the show. So this is a unique way. This is the first show we've done where we want to bring bring the the uh, a previous guest back on the show to talk about progress. You guys have been tremendously successful up to this point with this project, and, and we hope that it continues to go into the future. Um, is there anything specifically that you guys want to talk about on the show? And I want to kind of get, give you guys a, part, a, a moment before we wrap the thing up. Um, anything you specifically wanted to hit on about Flynn for the listeners to, to hear? I don't think so. I think we, we covered um, everything. Um, I mean, not everything, but uh, everything that we want to talk about here. Yeah. So let me ask you one. I think we might not have uh, uh, mentioned this, actually. How can, let's say somebody's listening and they want to contribute as a company or, you know, whether it's recurring or not, how can they contribute to Flynn? Um, So you just go to Flynn.io. There is a sponsorship form, which you can fill out um, and drop your credit card number into, and uh, that'll set up a uh, one-time or a recurring sponsorship you can also email us the email address is on the site and we're happy to work out alternative arrangements gotcha yeah actually if anybody's interested in using it as well it would be really great if you got in touch with us um because uh you know at at a certain point we're gonna probably want to start working with some companies whether they're sponsors or not just in trying to get them set up uh with flynn and getting their feedback and Mm -hmm. stuff so we typically ask the same questions at the end of every show, but being that we've already asked you guys, we will ha- we will ask you kind of just one question now to see where it's changed. And the question is, what can the open source community do to contribute to Flynn? And, and obviously start using Flynn is a big point now, but, but in just in general, what would be something you guys would like to see the open source community kind of pitch in with? Uh Support, I guess, uh, and not just financial, but I mean, really just, um, you know, dig into what we've got and and play with it and, um, uh, you know, talk to, you know, if it's something that you you think that you would uh, love to see your 
whatever organization you're working at um, have, uh, you know, start, you know, maybe talking about it internally about, you know, this great possibility um, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But I think it would be great to just have, um, you know, even more uh, love and support because it kind of makes uh, our job easier in terms of fundraising and, and continuing to exist in that regard. Yeah, and um, in the meantime, um, absolutely play with our prototype components. Uh, we have it all packaged up into uh, a VM and hang out in the IRC. Um, feel free to you know raise issues on any of the repos. Send us email if you're you have any questions at all. What's yeah. what's the IRC channel that that people can come to? It's uh, Flynn on Freenode. And how will people email you? Is the you said the email address is on the website, which is at Flynn F L Y N N dot I O. That's correct. Awesome. Well, I guess we have nothing else, nothing left to talk about because Flynn is something that is ever growing and uh, is still, you know, you launched or you launched your, I don't, you said probably the best way to say it is your like super alpha version of the product. Um, it, it's going to be cool again, you know, and I, and I said this last time, but I mean it again this time. It's, you got a, a big couple of months ahead of you, and I'm excited to see you know what the next few months bring. And hopefully, you guys don't you know burn out. I think one of the things that I read on your blog was everybody has been working on Flynn. Um, everybody, meaning the three of you, have been working on Flynn much more than you expected, which is a good and a bad thing, right? And the the good is that you've. I mean, it's crazy. It's only been a few months, and it's already to this point. But the the, the fear is burnout. So you know, hopefully, the next few months will be pivotal, and you guys will uh, be be very successful with it, but but not get burnt out on it. So you can continue to deliver great things with Flynn. Thanks. We hope so too. <laughs> yeah. Well, once again, I wanted to say thanks to Jonathan and Jeff for joining us on today's show. Uh, I also wanted to give another shout out to our sponsors, DigitalOcean and TopTal, for supporting the show. You can head to digitalocean.com to set up your cloud server today and make sure you use our promo code changelogsentme. That's changelogsentme to get a $10 hosting credit. If you want to freelance with companies like Airbnb, Artsy, or IDEO, you can head to toptal.com slash developer and click join the best to see if you have what it takes to join TopTal's network of elite engineers. Again, the URL is toptal.com slash developer. And that's it for this week. Thanks again to Jonathan and Jeff for joining us. And also thanks to the listeners for tuning in and for your support. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the Changelog Weekly. It's our weekly email where we share everything that hits our open source radar. You can subscribe at thechangelog.com slash weekly. So for now, guys, let's say goodbye. Bye. <laughs>